This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. I'm your host, Rico Beard. A lot of basketball news to talk about in the Big Ten Plus. Some football news I'll also get to. First of all, Purdue, well, they're still the top of the Big Ten, that big dog. And it's funny because after Michigan State defeated Illinois over the past weekend, uh, Illinois head coach Brad Underwood asked, what was the difference between all the teams in the Big Ten? Because everybody's so bunched up and he was like well purdue has zach Eady. we don't that's the difference and it, and it really does boil down to that zach Eady not only will be the big 10 player of the year but probably will be the national player of the year or at least in the running for that purdue has separated themselves from the big 10 they're gonna likely they, they will get the number one seed part of the fact of illinois losing to michigan state and wisconsin going on that four game losing streak Purdue will be the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. They're jockeying for the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. They will be in the Midwest. They will get, barring a first round or second round upset, they will be playing at Little Caesars Arena here in the state of Michigan and down in downtown Detroit. Purdue has won nine of their last 10 games, and they're sitting on top. Now, if I ask you who has the best record outside of Purdue in the last 10 games, you may be able to get one team. I don't think you're going to get the other team. Illinois. Illinois is 7-3 and three. over the last 10 games. You are seeing a resurgence of the uh, of the Illini, especially now that uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. is back playing with them. Man is just balling out. He's lights out. He's hitting it. He's got pending legal uh, things happening, but on the court, He's not showing any effects of that. As a matter of fact, had a great game and a loss against Michigan State and then torched the University of Michigan a few days later at home. Terrence Shannon Jr. is getting it done for the Illini. They're on the resurgence. They're bouncing back. Now, had they not had the collapse against MSU, they would be sitting there at 8-2 and two over the last 10 games. Really was a head-scratcher, but I, I chalked that up to the Breslin Center crowd Illinois with an eight-point lead with a little over four minutes to go in the game, and Michigan State just came back with a vengeance and closed out the game on a run. They get the victory, and they're also the other team that I'm sure you may not even realize. They're 7-3 and three over the last 10 games. They're playing a lot of the bottom of the Big Ten. They're going to finish out with a lot of the bottom of the Big Ten, aside from playing Purdue at Mackey, which is a game I really don't see them winning, but that's okay. I don't think anybody sees them winning. 
But Michigan State is all of a sudden clicking the switch, hitting the button. This is where the Tom Izzo team gets dangerous because you count them out. And just like clockwork on a reunion weekend at MSU, bam, they go out there and they they come back to beat Illinois. And it helps Michigan State because it's now a quad one victory that they desperately needed to have in order to kind of position themselves because right now most brackets have Michigan state sitting in that dreaded nine, eight, nine game. Why is that dreaded? Because that means you're going to play a number one seed. You're not going to play Purdue. So you're likely going to end up with a team like UConn in Brooklyn, not a good look for MSU and Spartans because you want to try to avoid as many top teams as possible. And you don't want to play them that early. The goal is try to get to the second weekend. And I know that's a step back because normally when you talk Michigan State, you talk Final Fours. But let's be real about things, folks. MSU needs to try to get to the second weekend like they did last year when they upset Marquette uh, down in Columbus. Now they're going to have to try to do the same thing. It helps when you get the quad one victories and you can't have any bad losses. And they go on the road and, you know, They defeat Penn State handily. I mean, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Who, raise your hand if you saw Malik Hall as the leader of this Spartan team. I don't see any hands out there. Let me check. No, no hands are raised. Tyson Walker for the second straight game. As a matter of fact, Tyson Walker ended his 35-game streak of scoring double-digit points. He had six points. Tyson Walker had 19 points against Illinois. For two straight games, Tyson Walker has not been the leading scorer of Michigan State's basketball team. And why that probably would sound like a problem, they've won those two games. And I think this is something that Tom Izzo would gladly welcome. What does that mean? It means that you are not relying on Tyson Walker to lead this team. Because let's face it, guys, if you follow Michigan State basketball, it was a Tyson Walker show. It was Tyson and everybody else would sit and watch what Tyson would do. And rarely would somebody step up. And all of a sudden, Malik Hall with back-to-back 20-plus games just getting it done. Jaden Akins just deadly from the outside. A.J. Hogarth leading this team. And somebody who really doesn't get a lot of props is Trey Holloman. Trey Holloman coming off the bench. He is just, he's that point guard. I think he's going to be that point guard of the future, not flashy, but I've often said, and it's not because of the number, it's not because of the headband, but Trey's game reminds me a lot of Cassius Winston. It's not flashy, but Trey just knows how to get buckets. He knows how to lead a team. He knows when to shoot. He knows when to pass. He knows when to help out his teammates. Trey is just kind of in that silent role. Kind of reminded me of Cassius when Miles Bridges and Langford and Ward and everybody was there with Jaron Jackson. It's like, oh, okay, you know, he knew I don't need to be the man. I just need to help my teammates become the man. Now, when it was his time, Cassius then stepped up and became that leader. I see Trey doing a lot of that. So that is the good news, the bad news. 
Ohio State pulls the plug and they fire Chris Holtman. And Gene Smith, the athletic director, comes out and just says, you know, in a very emotional speech that it, it was time to move on. Uh, Coach Holtman was uh, 137 and 86 while coaching the Buckeyes for seven years. I think the problem with uh, Coach was it was a decline over the years where Ohio State was winning. They were at the top of the Big Ten and slowly but surely they became the team that they are now. They're the team now that sits near the bottom of the Big Ten. Also, didn't really realize this, but under Holtzman, they never made it past the second weekend. I just finished talking about that for Michigan State. That's big because that means you've never been to the Sweet 16, which doesn't give you a chance to ever make it to the Final Four. Always been eliminated, even when they had good teams. They never made it out. It sounds a lot like Matt Painter and Purdue, where ton of talent, but you just can't get it done. And you saw, you know, Matt Painter and Purdue getting knocked out last year, Fairly Dickinson in the first round. It's devastating when you go the whole season and you cannot finish. That's been the career at Ohio State. Now the new athletic director will be making the coaching hire. Couple names to watch out for. Dusty May at uh, FAU. He's uh, 126 and 65 since he's been coaching it there since I think 2018. He's a name to watch out for. Sean Miller, former Arizona Wildcat head coach. He was dismissed. He's now at Xavier within the state of Ohio. He's learning the Ohio and, and the Midwest recruiting grounds. Sean Miller could be a name. He really wants to get back to the big boy table. That's one to watch out for. Long shot for Ohio State. But I can see Ohio State at least inquiring. Going down to SEC country, Nate Oates. Nate Oates has roots in the uh, state of Michigan. Nate Oates is a guy, he's turned that Alabama program around. to. It used to be something that Bama basketball was just something to do until spring practice. Now Alabama basketball is a force, and Nate Oates will be a hot commodity if he chooses to leave. Now, here's the thing got excellent facilities at Alabama. He's got an excellent paycheck at Alabama. He has really no desire to leave Alabama unless he wants to come back up to the Midwest if Ohio State makes an offer he can't refuse. Now, the funny thing about it is I do think that the one team that could possibly lure Nate Oates is a team that does not have an opening as of yet. But if the University of Michigan were to part ways with Juwan Howard and, and reach out to Nate Oates, that's one. I I've heard it through the grapevine, through a lot of people. Michigan is kind of that dream job for Nate Oates, and I think every Wolverine fan would embrace Nate Oates in a heartbeat. Coming back, this man, I mean, he, I remember when he coached Romulus High School. He's from the area. That's Michigan, I think, could get Nate Oates to consider leaving the University of Alabama. I mean, it was always it's funny because I had a Bama friend texting me last night and was asking, hey, would MSU make a run at him if Izzo retires? And I'm like, yeah, I think they would. But it's Michigan you need to worry about because I think Michigan is going to have a job opening. Izzo, Izzo probably has maybe two years, three at the most. I think Izzo knows that he's going to be retiring soon. And you know, you got to find that replacement. But that's why he's trying to go all out. That's why this year was a bit of a disappointment for Tom Izzo. But Michigan, if they part ways with Juwan, and I don't know. I mean, Ward Manuel came out and says, to paraphrase, he wasn't even thinking about 
even making a move to get rid of Juwan, which I was like, huh? War. Are you watching what we're watching? Your team got embarrassed at Illinois, and then the coach came out and thanked the Illini fan base, saying, well, he said, you're welcome because Terrence Shannon wanted to come to Michigan, but we couldn't get him in. He wanted to transfer in, so he ended up coming to Illinois, so you're welcome. Uh, that's probably not the words that I would use if I was a coach on the hot seat like Jawan Howard, but it makes you wonder, is he even really on the hot seat? But yeah. If the Michigan job becomes available, Nate Oates is, I think, Warden Manuel will have to reach out. Now, Nate's going to come at a pretty penny, and it may violate one of the rules of the University of Michigan, where you may end up paying your basketball coach more than your football coach. And I know that's something that the great Bo Schembechler always said can never happen. But if you want Nate, you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to cough up the coin in order to get him. So that's what's going on there. Also, uh, look out by the time you watch this, depending on when this airs, the Big Ten, well, not just the Big Ten, but the um, NCAA women's record could be broken. Caitlin Clark going up against the University of Michigan at home. She is eight points away from getting it done. She is like watching a clinic. She's fun to watch. I mean, I, I, I'll admit it, man. I've, I've watched a lot of Iowa women's basketball games because she's like Steph Curry. The shots that she makes, you just sit there in awe. I mean, I remember watching the game on Peacock early this year when she played my alma mater, Michigan State. And I thought Michigan State was actually going to go into Iowa and get it done. And she hit the game-winning shot, just a dagger shot, like the true competitor she was. And it was like, wow. That was impressive. So impressive that I was actually hoping they would get a return trip back to East Lansing. I was going to go to the game, but or even if they played Michigan at home, but I was going to play both Michigan and Michigan State only once, and it's in Iowa, so no chance of seeing her up close and in person unless you go to the Big Ten tournament, which on a side note, I want to say probably something that if you're a basketball fan of the Big Ten, you may want to go to both Big Ten tournaments, both men and women in Minneapolis, uh, for women, it's, it's very simple because even as good as Caitlin Clark is and Iowa is, they're not the top of the Big Ten. Ohio State is. And, you know, they just got upset by Nebraska. And it was kind of cool to see everybody rushing the court after beating them. So, yeah. And then it, for the Big Ten, for the men, well, you're probably thinking it's Purdue versus everybody else. I promise you this, all the games are going to be entertaining. Looking at the Big Ten tournament right now, I mean – Look, the Northwestern uh, loses – they lose Ty Berry, and, you know, that's major, major for the Wildcats. He was one of their leading scorers. I don't know how strong Northwestern will finish without him. Yes, they have Boo Booey, but, man, Ty was – he was one of the guys that stirred that drink. With him not being there – I don't know if they can maintain one of the top four spots because that's what you want, top four spots. I think it's going to end, you're going to end up Purdue, Illinois will have one. Wisconsin will probably maintain that spot as well. After that, you're looking at a battle between Northwestern and Michigan State. Now they play one more time. It's Michigan State Senior Day at home, but without tie in the game he's tore his meniscus that I, I think Michigan State could get that win and 
that may be the difference maker between playing, being the four seed and the five seed. Now, here's the deal. It just means that who's ever the five seed has to play the day before. Chances are you win that first game and you play the four seed. So now you're just talking about the color of the jersey. Probably having Michigan State and Northwestern play each other twice within two weeks. So that will be a fun watch, a fun way to end the season. But, man, if you get an opportunity, you definitely want to go and do that. Also, a couple things in uh, on the football side of things. Michigan's still trying to round out their coaching staff. Um, Harbaugh takes a couple more people with him. And then last week when we were taping this, you know, Chip Kelly leaves. He actually left after we finished taping. I had to do an emergency segment in there to say, hey, Chip Kelly leaves UCLA to become the, uh, the offensive coordinator of Ohio State. Well, UCLA wasted no time. And, you know, they, they brought back Deshaun Foster, a former UCLA great running back and assistant coach for the Bruins. He left to take the running backs job for the Oakland, well, not the Oakland, the almost said L.A., the Las Vegas Raiders. God, that is going to be so hard to say. The Las Vegas Raiders. He was there for 10 days. He didn't even finish unpacking boxes, and then he got the call to come back home. Mama needed him to come be the head coach. He's excited. He's ready to hit the ground running for UCLA. Um, I think UCLA it was a good hire because he wants to be there. Chip Kelly did not want to be there. Chip Kelly – I think was done with being the head coach of a college football team. I think he loves football. I think he was tired of the responsibilities because as a college football coach or just a coach in college, not just football, you stop coaching. And that's why you're seeing guys rather be coordinators or go to the NFL because at least it's about football. It's about that sport where now if you're the college football coach, you got to worry about, you know, maintaining your players and making sure they don't hit the portal almost daily. What's their NIL package like? You know, aside from going to school and getting grades and, and learning plays, you got to do so much stuff. Then you're also a fundraiser, meeting with boosters, trying to increase NIL dollars to keep the players that you want around to make sure everybody is happy. And oh, by the way, you got to win games because if you start losing games and all those people that you've been hobnobbing with, well, they want you the hell out. So it's not fun anymore. Chip Kelly reached that boiling point. He said, I'm out, but that's okay because you brought in a guy, UCLA, who wants to be there and Deshaun Foster. He's going to embrace what it is to be a Bruin. He was a Bruin. And I think that that program is going to get back. He's going to go out and recruit. Chip Kelly did not recruit at all. I mean, to be at a school in California, your advantage is just you have the beach, you have the sun, and the fact that you could not land top recruits is criminal. I think Foster will fix that problem. Also, the other thing, and we'll monitor this, and this is kind of a, a byproduct, a little parting gift that Jim Harbaugh left college football, not just the Big Ten, but everybody in college football. But it looks like helmet communication is coming to college football. They've been using it in the pros. It's something that's long overdue. We have the technology. We should be able to use this. It's not going to hinder the game. As a matter of fact, for those who scream up and down, oh, the game lasts too long, this is going to speed the game up because you don't have to hold up the silly cards. You simply, coach can talk to the quarterback in the helmet, just like you see in the pros. For those who run a fast-paced offense, it'll be a lot easier. You don't have to do the check with me at the sideline. You could just say it right in there because it's funny because 
you knew this had to happen because the AT&T commercial with the, uh, the, the deaf school, high school, and they showed the quarterback and he gets hit. And then they come up with this new technology for a helmet where all of a sudden it's like a little visor right in the side. The visor is a screen and he could see the play calling. And I'm like, if you could do this for, you know, people with hearing loss in their high school, why can't this be applicable across the board? So whether you talk into somebody's ear or you flash a play up on a little monitor in the helmet for the quarterback to see, man, it's simple. And I think this is going to improve college football. This is something that goes back to the cheating scandal of the University of Michigan. But I think the byproduct of it is this. I like it. I love it. I think that this is much needed. So that being said, we're going to be voting on this coming up pretty soon. But I do think that this is this is something that desperately needs to be done. Oh, by the way, speaking of cheating scandal, how long does it take the NCAA to figure out that was Connor Stallings on the sideline at MSU dressed up in Central Michigan gear? Seems like that should be easy. We should already have the answer by now. I don't know what is taking so long. I really hope that people don't forget about it because that's not only was it embarrassing for Michigan, it should be embarrassing for Central Michigan that you allowed this to happen. And I want answers. And I'm not going to stop bringing this up until I get answers. I want to keep the pressure on. I want people to tell me what the hell happened because that still doesn't make sense. And we don't have an answer for that. And I'm baffled. I'm dumbfounded. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But we should know by now. It's not that hard. If some student, you know, watching it can notice and see it, it doesn't take a bunch of eggheads to say, hey, yes, that was him. And yeah, that should happen. Also, uh, one last side note. It'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. We may go back into the way back machine. Big rivalry game this weekend. Michigan, Michigan State at Chrysler Arena. But it's not a big rivalry game because neither team are at the top of their game the way they, they were under John Beeline and Tom Izzo, where, man, it was it was fun to watch. Now, side note, under Juwan Howard, Michigan has not lost to Michigan State at Chrysler, I believe, 4-0. But for the first time in a long time, a lot of empty seats, MSU fans – can buy up tickets for about 20 bucks, maybe 30 bucks at the most, and fill up all the empty seats in Chrysler. I remember years ago, man, it, it, I may be dating myself, but like a little over 20 years ago, they took over Chrysler. They held up a banner saying, welcome to the Breslin Center East. Michigan did not like that. As a matter of fact, they changed the ticket policy after that game and said, no, 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 we will never allow that to happen again. But I think just due to the team losing and just the general act of not caring, you may see a situation very similar to that. So that's something to watch out for this Saturday when Michigan, Michigan State plays. Anyway, uh, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone. I'm your host, Rico Beard. I will be back next week with more stuff, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, anything new happening in the Big Ten, I got you covered. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Keep liking. Keep subscribing. Keep telling your friends. Let's get this thing growing, guys. It's grassroots. I cannot do this without you, so I thank you for watching. Thanks for watching. 
I will see you guys next week.